Hello and welcome into episode 61 of the Just Talk Pod with George Arjour. Today we're talking NBA bubble ball. Bubble ball. I like saying that. And we're also talking a little bit of college hoops, uh, college football, sorry. It's going to be a fun episode. We're going to go through some of our favorite tweets, favorite storylines in general from the NBA restart as I'm watching the Phoenix Suns game and Devin Booker just balling out of control right now. And it's so much fun to watch. I love watching the deep book. All right, guys, um, this episode is always brought to you by the Sports on Tap. Always tweet me at Gjarjour and follow me on Instagram at Gjarjour. Visit thesportsontap.com. And before today's episode gets started, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. Hello and welcome into today's episode. Before we get started, as always, this episode is brought to you by thesportsontap.com. That's thesportsontap.com, the place where you can go now for some great sports news. Um, before this episode gets started, I know we haven't been around as much lately, but we're going to be coming on quite a bit here, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays recording. I just... Didn't want to come on and only talk about coronavirus anymore and only talk about politics anymore. But now that we got live sports back and we got uh, sports in general coming on and we got the NBA, I thought it'd be a great time for me to bring back a Monday, Wednesday, Friday episode and do it live. And we got a lot of great sports on right now. And I think the nation in general is really excited about it. At the end of today's episode, I'm going to discuss college football, which looks like it's going to be probably a no-go for the most part um, in general. And it's disappointing, yes. Is it the right move? We'll get to that. It could be. It could not be. I'm definitely not someone who wants to question epidemiologists, not someone who wants to question these things. But we're going to go through and talk about the five things I really find interesting from the bubble so far. Um well, six, I guess. Damian Lillard versus everybody. The emergence of TJ Warren, Michael Porter Jr., and Gary Trent Jr. A lot of juniors there. Uh, the Lakers struggles. Phoenix undefeated. They're playing right now. And Luka Doncic, as, Luka Doncic as a magician. And, of course, Zion Williamson, who hasn't really got to, really hasn't played up to Zion Williamson's standards that we all set for him. But I don't. I'm personally not too concerned. A lot of you may be. I'm not one of those people. But let's get, first of all, Damian Lillard versus everybody. So we all know what happened. Damian Lillard has been going off here on the bubble. They're trying to make the playoffs. This means so much more to them than it means to the Los Angeles Lakers. It means a lot more than to the Clippers. And this whole notion that the Portland Trailblazers are going to go in and upset the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, to me, is a little bit overboard. I do believe they're a good basketball team. I think the Lakers are going to struggle against them if they do get the eighth seed because they have some really good guards. And obviously the Lakers don't have really good guard play in general. Now, what Damian Lillard is doing is absurd right now. I've been hearing a lot that, uh, you know, he's better than Steph Curry and stuff, which we need to relax on. Steph Curry is, you know, one of the best basketball players of our generation. Damian Lillard is a really good basketball player, maybe top 10 in the NBA, never been a top five player in the NBA, never been a top three player in the NBA, and frankly, he's never been an MVP in the NBA. Meanwhile, Steph has done all those things, and we've seen him win back-to-back -back MVPs. We've seen him win NBA championships. I know he's never won an NBA 
finals MVP award, but he probably deserved one in his first year where Andre Iguodala, who held LeBron James to 38, 8, and 8, I think was the exact stat line, somehow held him to that and won the NBA uh, finals MVP. Makes no sense to me. Now, Damian Lillard, however, and the Portland Trailblazers have been really fun to watch. And I think the most Im- second most important player on that team in general, if you watch the games and don't just watch the highlights, which most people do, and we're going to get to that. I feel like a lot of NBA people on Twitter especially just read the box score, watch the highlights, and then make their assumption. That's why they think Russell Westbrook is better than Damian Lillard. When in fact, Damian Lillard is a better basketball player right now than Russell Westbrook. And I think he's been a better basketball player than Russell Westbrook, frankly, for two or three years. I know the triple doubles were cool and all those, you know, stats and you get a little glimpse of things and you think he's really good. I mean, even saw my brother um, tweet that he's a Damian Lillard truther now and he believes that Damian Lillard is better than Russell Westbrook. And I'm going to have to agree with him because Damian Lillard is a better basketball player than Russell Westbrook. Now, a lot of interesting things have been going on with that team that a lot of people who don't watch basketball don't understand, and that's like Yusuf Nurkic has been absolutely outstanding. He's changed them defensively, and Portland, for a team that's been really bad on the defensive end all season, all of a sudden is playing pretty good defense, and you got to give that credit to Nurk, right? He's changed their whole entire structure of that defense in general. They've been able to go 2-3 zone. They've been able to chase guys off the three-point line. And when those guys drive off the three, they're coming in seeing someone like Nurk giving help defense, not to mention he's also a 90% free throw shooter on the offensive end. Nurk has been quietly the second most important player on this team. I know we'll get to Gary Trent Jr. here later on, who's been outstanding as well. But he's definitely been not as important as Yusuf Nurkic, who's just been unbelievably good for the Portland Trailblazers. And any really, you know, anyone who really watches a lot of basketball will know that. I mean, the guy's been absurd, right? I mean, he probably smokes cigarettes wherever he's from. He's probably smoking cigarettes in his hotel room all day, coming in and just putting up buckets, man, and playing some really good defense. I love Nurkic. But what I want to do here is my favorite thing to do, and that's go through some favorite tweets about everything going on right now with this. So this is what we're going to do today. For every single topic, I'm going to go to my five or six favorite tweets and kind of answer some people, answer what they said. I even put my own tweet in there today for once and give you my thoughts about this. So we're going to go with Damian Lillard first here. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, not live, and if you're listening live, I, you can at me. I will read your tweets live on the podcast. But in general, man, you, you guys got to realize all of you on Twitter, and you might not know it, a lot of you make some really good points. And a lot of you have some really valuable things to say. And that's why I kind of like doing this, where I go through Twitter and find them. So first of all, Pierce Simpson says, you can tell Dame Lillard ain't friends with NBA players. They just his co-workers. And I love that. And that's true about Damian Lillard. That's one thing about Damian Lillard, and that's at Pierce Simpson on Twitter, that a lot of people really do appreciate, myself included. He's kind of that back in 1970s, 1980s, 1990s player. Reminds me a lot of Gary Payton in a way. I've always said that about him, where he doesn't take any prisoners. He doesn't really have friends in the league, man. He's It's all about him. He's not going to be buddy-buddy with Russell Westbrook. He's not buddy-buddy, with, obviously, with Paul George. He's not buddy-buddy with Patrick Beverly. He has a lot of beef, and I kind of like that here in uh, 
2020 where I feel like everyone is friends with everyone. This is like the the friends league. And I, I think that Damian Lillard embodies something that we all appreciate and all like. And that's a lot of people who he just doesn't give a damn. All right, next tweet. Bra Bra Ball on Twitter says, LeBron didn't play a single team better than Portland in his second stint at Cleveland in the eastern side of the playoffs. He didn't play a single player even close to the level of Damian Lillard is currently operating at. And this is on his stint, second stint in Cleveland on the east. And I have to agree with that. I, Who was the best player that LeBron James played against in the Eastern Conference playoffs in his second stint in Cleveland? It's kind of hard to actually put it in perspective. It's probably Victor Oladipo in his run in Indiana, or it could be <laughs> DeMar DeRozan in his time in Toronto. Yeah, so uh, better team than Portland. Yeah, I think this Toronto, that Toronto team that was the one seed was better than this Portland team. I don't think they have a better player than um, Damian Lillard. But in general, yeah, he's right. Bra Bra Ball made a good point here. It's going to be really, really hard for LeBron James to face a team and a player as good as Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers in the first round of a playoffs rather than later on into the playoffs. Arion Nation said, I'll take Damian Lillard over any guard in the league. In case you didn't hear me, any guard in the league. Man, I love Damian Lillard, man, but I wouldn't take him over any guard in the league. Um, I'm not a James Harden type of dude. Everyone knows that. I'm not a fan of James Harden's game. I don't like watching James Harden play. I would take James Harden over Damian Lillard. Steph Curry, when he comes back, I will definitely take over Damian Lillard. And later on in the podcast, I'm going to actually break down some of the stats between Dame and Steph against each other. I'll definitely take Steph over Damian Lillard. Now, Damian Lillard is a really good player. He's a top 10 player in the league, but he's not. I think we got to pump our brakes a little bit here when we say over any guard in the league. S underscore Harvin says, that's why I like at Dame Lillard, because he'd rather compete and chop heads off than play on the same team as these non-competitive ass dudes. And he's referring to Paul George here. And that's why we all do love Damian Lillard, because it's like I said earlier, he's that old school mentality old school tough hoops don't stop put the uh, stat line between Lillard and um, Curry and I did as well and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go ahead and talk about the Steph Curry in the 10 games he's faced Damian Lillard in the Blazers in the playoffs in his career Curry's 10 and0 with a 33.4 points per game 7.4 assists 6.8 rebounds on 54 percent shooting from two 41 from three which is a 64.1 true shooting percentage and 91.3% from the free throw line. And then I will hear everyone say, but they got the Kevin Durant. No, last year they played without Kevin Durant in the Western Conference Finals where the Warriors swept the Portland Trailblazers, where Curry and the Blazers outplayed Dame Lillard and the Warriors. And everyone like, but, but, but Dame and Steph don't play against each other. Guys. We can't always make this argument whenever you want to make it, right? The two best players on the team, those are the ones that matter. I know Clay matters, obviously, on the defensive end. He's a great defender. But when you're talking about Dame versus Curry, you're the two best players on those teams, and that's where the record stops. Uh, lastly is from D underscore sweatshirt. says, the funniest part about the Pat Beverly shit 
is too, is he has said on multiple occasions that Dame Lillard is the hardest person he has to guard. And what's funny about this too, and I, I like I said, I'm on team um, Dame Lillard here on this one. Is they lost the game. Dame Lillard did miss the free throws. Dude, are we just going to forget that part where the, the Blazers lost the basketball game? And then somehow that Dame Lillard comes out of this looking like he's he's the winner. I mean, great job by Dame. Great job by the media. But Jesus Christ, man, he lost the basketball game. And we're acting like they won the game and he like flexed on Pat Beverly. No, no, they lost the basketball game in general. And so you have to realize that before, you know, we give Dame too much credit for, you know, talking shit after the game. That's all I want to go with there. The next line of talking on the bubble, I want to talk about TJ Warren, Michael Porter Jr., and Gary Trent Jr. That's two juniors and a TJ Warren. These three guys have been the breakout of a bubble so far. And I know Gary Trent Jr. had a slightly lower game yesterday on Sunday than he had previously during the bubble. He played his worst game of the bubble on Sunday, finally missed some shots. But overall, he's been great. TJ Warren... I mean, I even tweeted it out like he's the TJ Warren on Indiana is the direct TV TJ Warren, the TJ Warren on um, on uh, the Suns was cable TJ Warren from that old uh, direct TV commercial. Now, I do believe that TJ Warren is a pretty good score. I would be careful to say that Phoenix would have been crazy to uh, rid of our idiots to get rid of him because first of all I don't think he'd be scoring as many points per game if he was playing with someone like Devin Booker you know just maybe him being the number one option gives him an opportunity to uh to score more make call me crazy number two I believe that um the reason they were able to get rid of Gary Trent Jr. And the reason they did get rid of Gary Trent Jr. so they can make room for Ricky Rubio, who Ricky Rubio has been absolutely fantastic. Gary Trent, on the other hand, has been just hooping in the bubble. Three-point galore. Finally had a little bit of a subpar game Sunday, but still they won the game, so it doesn't really matter. Well, it matters, but it doesn't matter too much. And Michael Porter Jr. has been the breakout star of the bubble. I mean, geez, if you go look, if you're in New York Knicks or something, I know everyone's clamoring for the Knicks to go draft Michael Porter Jr. and just sit him for a year like the Nuggets did during that draft, and they didn't do it, and they ended up with, you know, uh, Knox, who has been a pretty much, other than that uh, summer league hype, hasn't really been that great of a basketball player. The Nick Nick fans, you just got to be upset about that. Michael Porter Jr., and if Bull Bull comes up, man, this Nuggets team is going to be scary nasty. Scary. Here are my, some of my favorite tweets I do want to talk about. Um, Monarch9 on Periscope asked me, the biggest shocker of the NBA return. Well, we're going to actually get to that, and I think it's the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think they're the next next on the list that I'm going to talk about. No, after the Lakers' struggles. I guess those are the two biggest ones, the Lakers struggling and the Phoenix Suns. But just to give you a quick thought here, my I think the – it's a shocker that we missed on the Phoenix Suns, right? I mean, post um, pre-COVID, when De- DeAndre Ayton was starting to play good, the team was starting to roll, and everyone was wondering why they got into the bubble. But you got Booker, you got a good rookie Rubio, you got a good, uh, you know, De- DeAndre Ayton, who I'm watching the game right now, and he's just balling out, and he's a big, big guy. And in general, this is gonna be. A, I'm gonna say it here when we get to the Phoenix Suns portion of this. 
they didn't make the wrong pick with DeAndre Ayton over uh, uh, over Trey Young. They made the wrong pick of taking DeAndre Ayton over Luka Doncic only. But he's the second best player going to be coming out of that draft, I think. And I think he's going to have a better career than Trey Young. Uh, Monarch Nine said, "My brother went to high school with Bull Bull. He's a beast. Yeah, if he pans out, if Bull Bull pans out the way he should pan out, um, and they got Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray can move into that third spot or fourth spot down the line. And you uh, obviously have Nicholas Jokic, who is a beast. I think that team is going to be unbelievable. So some of my favorite tweets, and thank you for those comments. I'll be checking the comments here periodically um, during this broadcast." Um, I got Henry the Blasian says Michael Porter Jr. Barring no injuries of a bill, bit of muscle build, could end up being a better player than Giannis. Dude's skill set is insane with a high ceiling at six foot ten. Got potential KD Giannis hybrid in him. Remember this. Well, I like this guy. I think he is asking some good questions, but in general, no. He's not going to be better than Giannis. Michael Porter Jr. will have MVP type of potential, as my brother and I discussed on our podcast, that being said, podcast. But he's I don't think he'll ever win an MVP award. He'll always have that potential where he's it's I think he could become a top seven player in the league, maybe a top ten player in the league, but I don't think he'll ever be the number one overall basketball player in the NBA. The next tweet comes from Wade the Goat. And this is we're talking about TJ Warren here, Michael Porter Jr., and Gary Trent Jr. He says TJ Warren is averaging 34.8 points per game on 61-56-89 shooting splits. What the fuck? And seriously, what the fuck? I mean, he's the hottest, he's the best player in the history of an NBA in a bubble. Let that sink in. Tim Reynolds on Twitter said, and this is where I get excited because that's happening tonight. The Heat's next 10 games could be the Pacers, the Thunder, then Pacers, then Pacers game one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the playoffs. And you got to remember earlier in the season, TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler went head to head and almost got in a fight and basically did get in a fight and talk shit on social media. And they said to mark your calendars. And tonight we're going to have it. Those two guys don't like each other. Jimmy Butler, just like Damian Lillard earlier on, isn't really looking just to make friends around the league. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a show. And I really hope the Pacers and Heat do meet in the first round of a playoffs. Ace Boogie 11 says, um, or sorry, yeah, Coach Cousin says TJ out there looking like Denver Mello. Kind of does actually. Kind of plays the same type of game too. Has the dreads. Um, and my favorite Gary by Isaiah Delos, Gary Trent Jr. is actually for Paul short for Paul George senior because he, he was giving it to him in during the game. I thought that was hilarious. All right. So we're going to go through a couple more topics here. The Lakers struggles, Phoenix undefeated. And, um, I just want to give some thoughts on Luca and then we'll talk about three or four minutes on college football and that way. I can go enjoy the fourth quarter of the Phoenix Suns game. All right. So Lakers have been struggling, right? And it should be a surprise whenever the number one team is struggling. But there's two trains of thoughts here, right? One, LeBron James and the Lakers don't have guard play. They really don't. Avery Bradley opted out. 
he would have been great to have. Um, the loss of Rajon Rondo doesn't help. But when you look at the game yesterday, and if you're watching the Phoenix Suns game, Devin Booker just made a shot from from Phoenix all the way to the ball through the bubble, maybe like 45 feet out. Unbelievable! I'll tweet it out here in a few minutes. But in general, when you don't have guard play and you're playing teams with good guards and you already have the number one seed lined up, it is hard for you to come up and actually like take things absolutely seriously in a nutshell. I wouldn't be too concerned with the Lakers yet. I think you can be concerned with the Lakers later on. I think right now they're kind of cruising. But one thing that bothers me about the Lakers, and it really bothers me about LeBron James in general, is there's always an excuse with LeBron James. It can't just be like, hey, my guards are bad. Our team's really not as good as we thought. We're not gonna, we're not the prohibitive favorite to win NBA finals. He always has to throw a little bit of something here and there. And I don't get it. He's like, the quote was, there's something going on that's bigger than basketball off the court that I don't want to talk about. What do you mean you don't want to talk about? Then don't say it. Like that's where sometimes, I mean, LeBron James is a top, in my opinion, second best player to ever live. But he always has to have an excuse for something. He always has to like, if things aren't going perfectly, he has to put a finger somewhere else. But really, he kind of, he made his own bed here. He had the whole team traded for Anthony Davis, which was the right move. But when you don't have supporting cast and you push for that move, LeBron, you're the one to blame. Plain and simple. So the Lakers are struggling. But the Lakers are going to definitely struggle if you're going to put out in crunch time the other day. You got LeBron, AD, Quinn Cook, Dwight Howard, and KCP. Let me tell you something. That is not a murderous lineup. It's unbelievable. So, in general, and I got I got another comment on uh, on this podcast, and I hope my buddy Danny Wright's listening. He wants to know if I'm going to talk about the PGA, and no, I'm not going to talk about the PGA because the PGA Championship, honestly, not too many people care about golf when Tiger Woods is not playing. Not too many people can even name who won today. Unfortunately, if the golf world wants to be talked about, they need to get more people um, that are actually fun to watch. And uh, and I like golf. I, I'm not a big golf fan in general, but I like golf. And if you, I just tweeted out the Devin Booker three pointer uh, or retweeted it and. Let me just say, it was an unbelievable three by Devin Booker. The guy's been on fire. The Phoenix Suns have been on fire, and they've been fun to watch in general. So to the Lakers, yeah, the Lakers are struggling right now. And does that mean they're going to lose the NBA uh, championship? Not necessarily. The Lakers could win it all, but they do have struggles with the guys they have on the court right now, and we should have figured that out before the bubble. But sometimes you forget, man. Because they have, at any given time on the floor, the two best players. So you think they're going to always be fine. Um, a couple tweets about them. Albert Lee on Twitter says, As a Lakers fan, we really struggle with small guards. We really don't want the Blazers. Could not agree more. Um, 
Kanua Hagigi on Twitter also says Caruso, Caruso, KCP, and Cook all on the floor at the same time to close out a game. That's exactly why the Lakers have been struggling to beat teams of solid guards. If either LeBron or AD struggle, the team goes down with them. They desperately need Kuzma or another third option. And that's where I'm going at too. It's just unbelievable how how they have no guard play whatsoever. Rob Bob 17 says the Western Conference is wide open. Since the bubble, the Lakers are 2-4 and four with LeBron and AD struggles on full display. AD's been shooting 39, 30 from 3 with 29 and 1.2 blocks, while LeBron's only shooting 45%, 28% from 3, 64% from the line, averaging 21 points per game and 6 assists per game. LeBron has been absolutely struggling during the bubble, but I do expect that to change once the playoffs begin. Unwritten Rules 3 says the West is going to have all 15 teams believing they can make the playoffs next year. That's just an unprecedented amount of all competition in conferences, and it really is. Next year, literally everyone from the West is going to believe they have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, D D page 369 on Twitter says poor shooting as fuck Alex Caruso. Of course teams will use Alex Caruso's defender as a double team to Anthony Davis because Caruso's butt cheeks as a three point threat. And as we know, in today's NBA, you cannot do anything without a real legit three point threat. You can't do anything. If you can't guard the other team's guards, you cannot rely on Quinn cook and Alex Caruso to close out basketball games. It's pretty simple. I don't know what the Lakers are going to do. They're going to need to combine 60 to 65 points per game from LeBron and AD. Could they do it? Yeah. Should they be prohibitive favorites to win the NBA championship? No, sorry. Monarchs 59 said, I was born and raised a Lakers fan and not looking good. At least as a Laker fan, you can see that. I, I'm I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not a Lakers hater. I love LeBron James. I just don't like the excuses that he's always given out. Now to the Phoenix Suns, who are playing right now up 13 in the third quarter against the Thunder, who the Thunder are a really good basketball team. And the, somehow the Suns went into this game as seven and a half point favorite. Uh, if you were listening earlier on in the podcast, Booker is shooting threes from Phoenix all the way to Orlando. They're up 16 points now. The team's been on an absolute tear. They're five and zero. Oh. And this is where I really want to talk about is my love and infatuation with this Phoenix Suns team. The Phoenix Suns have two guys in Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton that you can build around. Booker, we all know, can score. Booker, we all know, can you know dish it out. We all know Booker's talent. But I think one thing people are forgetting in general is how good DeAndre Ayton really is. He was the number one overall pick, and he... I know they probably should have went with Luka Doncic, but after Luka, he was the second best player in that draft, and he's better than Trey Young. I know Trey Young's better today. I will say it right now: DeAndre Ayton will have a better career than Trey Young. He rebounds well, he moves around well, he can score. He was so raw coming out of high school. He was so raw coming out of college, and now that you're starting to see it be put together a little bit. I know he had that PED or masking PED uh, situation earlier in the year, but in general, the guy is really good. I love DeAndre Ayton. I love this Phoenix Suns team. I hope other than them or the Blazers make the playoffs. They've been great. Booker's been great. And 
this team is built for the future. I know Draymond Green kind of tampered there, but no, I think Book could stay in Phoenix. And I think he have a really good career. When the Phoenix Suns in general, they aren't a bad franchise. I mean, ever since I was young, they've had multiple versions of themselves where they were contenders. They never made it all the way, but they've always been contenders. Ever since I was a kid, they, they had the 93 team. They had the, nine, the 95 team. They had the 96 team that gave the Sonics a hard time. Then they had the Steve Nash sons. They had the Jason Kidd sons. They've always been sneaky good as an organization. It's just been the last 10 years where they've been kind of in a dumpster fire. But now when you have two guys like Book and Aiton, this team can get really good for a really long time. So it's going to be really fun to watch a Phoenix Suns play some basketball. Um couple tweets here. Hawks like Curry says the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns in the bubble and put a picture of a 1996 Chicago Bulls, which it really feels like that. They would be going 6-0 and if they win today. Um, Andrew Lisa says Draymond Green saying Devin Booker needs to leave Phoenix. One, Devin loves Phoenix. Two, the Suns are starting to turn the corner. Three, not everyone is blessed to come into the league and play for three Hall of Famers. Winning take times. Book will win in Phoenix. And I don't know if he means winning a championship, but yeah, I think Booker should stay in Phoenix. The organization is starting to build around him. He's had five different head coaches, so maybe if they give him some stability, maybe if they keep Aiton keeps getting better and they can add one more guy, maybe if they keep with um, with uh, Ricky Rubio's veteran presence, this team could become a winning organization. Sriki Shooter says, what a win for the Suns. I know Miami was missing Butler and Dragic and none, but let's not forget Phoenix was missing Aubrey Baines and Aiton. That was a great point. Um, and Scott Howard 42 says, for years I said the only thing keeping the Phoenix Suns from a return to glory is a global pandemic which forces the NBA season to resume in August at Disney World. <laughs> and I thought that was the tweet of the year. I, I actually really love that tweet. Um, Let's talk Luca real quick. I don't have much to say about Luca. I just want to say if you don't understand how good Luca Doncic is, if you don't understand how fun Luca Doncic is to watch, you probably don't know basketball. Simple. He's been an absolute joy to watch. Seems like a great kid. And man, that organization is just humming along. I love watching them. It's too bad that they're going to get the Clippers in the first round because I don't think they can beat the Clippers. But they'll be fun for years to watch. And I just want to go through some tweets about Luca. Bobby Carrales says, Luca Doncic is now tied of Clyde Drexler in 16th place on the all-time triple doubles list of 25. Next up is Ben Simmons and Michael Jordan, who have 28. Unbelievable. Saeed Youssef says, the whole Sports Center top 10 should be of his assists about Luca Doncic. He was quoting Jeff Van Gundy. Tommy Breer on Twitter says, total number of career games of at least 30 points, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds. LeBron, three. Harden, three. Will, two. Michael, two. Jason Kidd, one. Larry Bird, one. This year, Luka Doncic has three. Think about that. Total number of career games of at least 30 points, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds. Luka Doncic has Three. Lastly, Sax Tanilatic, I cannot pronounce her username, says, My life isn't perfect, but my team did go directly from Dirk Nowitzki to Luka Doncic with no gap. Lucky, lucky team. All right. Last but not least, here, I do want to talk about the college football. Looks like it might be 
canceled. And I have some thoughts on college football and if it does get canceled and if it should get canceled. So today, news came out that college football was most likely going to be canceled. The Big Ten has already basically voted to canceling the season. The Pac-12 is going to follow suit. Now, I know Trevor Lawrence and other players are saying it's safer if we're, you know, in with our teammates and not out in the real world for coronavirus. And that could be true. I don't know. But one thing that I want people to just understand is you don't know more than doctors. You don't know more than officials. You don't know more than epidemiologists in general right now. There's a lot of stuff. And it could, some people think it's political. But I don't think colleges want to lose a billion, billions of dollars just to make a political statement this year. I really don't. I think they want that money. I think if they could play, they would play. And one thing about the health for younger people is I wonder how 350-pound offensive linemen would actually handle getting the coronavirus. And I couldn't say it would be handled good. So keep that in mind. Now, do I think they play? Probably not. Even the SEC, probably not. Do I hope they play? Hell yeah, I hope they play. I would love to see college football play. I love football. That's what I like. I like football. I like sports. I love basketball. I'm watching basketball as I'm doing this podcast. But does that mean it's going to happen? I don't know. But it doesn't seem like it. And instead of pretending you know more than every scientist on earth, let's just say, hey, I don't know. Hey, I hope they play. But if they don't, I get it. And that's where I am now of college sports. As I said earlier, I don't know how a 350-pound offensive lineman, if he got coronavirus, would handle it. I really don't. I know healthy young individuals and young people in general handle COVID well. But 350-pound offensive lineman, eh, not sure. So we got to be careful there. We will see what happens with college football. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. This has been the Just Talk Pod with George Azur. Like I said, I'm going to try to do this three days a week from now on, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Now that sports are back, I can enjoy doing this again. Uh, for a while there, I took a little bit of break because I was kind of tired of just talking about coronavirus and politics on this show, and this has been a sports show from the start, sports and interviews. So, And we're also going to be interviewing a lot more people coming up soon as well, we hope. Uh, we're going to probably take a break from interviews for a couple weeks, maybe a month, and then we'll, we'll be ramping up interviews and doing a lot with this show. So thank you so much for listening. This has been the Just Talk Pod with George Arjur, part of the Sports on Tap network. Thank you for listening, and visit the sportsontap.com. Oh, thank you.